Chapter 125, Manu Wildlife Center, Peru. Search for the razor-billed curacao. I was pretty excited about getting on a boat for the six-hour ride to Manu Wildlife Center. The boat guys suddenly disappeared in the direction of the restaurant, one of them mumbling the word desayuno. I followed them and got some rice and fish, but having no Tupperware like them, I had it served in a plastic bag. The boat left and we went to pick up the others from Amazonia Lodge. They seemed to have enjoyed themselves there. We chatted a bit more on the boat with them, and they were very nice. The boat ride was great, and I saw a lot of lifers, including the rare, faciated tiger heron, which I'd been searching for since Central America. It was one of these species that is the only one that I haven't seen on a page of the bird book, and it's always nice to take one of those off. A nice feeling of completion. I later found out these are called bingo birds. The Americans seemed to take pity on us and unloaded a whole bag full of food that they'd been piling up over their trip. Chocolates, juice, apples, all gratefully gobbled down by us. When we got to Manu Wildlife Center, they were taken up to the lodge and we were taken over to the island in the middle of the river where we told that we could camp. First we had to chat with the manager, an Aussie called Julian. He hadn't heard anything about us either, which was a bit worrying. I felt bad about it, but he said not to worry. This is the usual thing around here. He looked a bit stressed and cheesed off about things in general. Over on the island, the dude in charge was called Alfredo, who was very friendly. He told us that there were no beds and little comfort of any kind. I told him we had everything we needed and wouldn't trouble them. We had a nice wooden platform with a roof there too. I pitched the tent and we had a bit of lunch before I went off to explore. There was apparently an area of bamboo nearby, which one of the workers took me to. There were trails over there, but it seemed a bit overgrown and I got lost and all scratched up with the nasty spiny vegetation on the way back. We had some dinner and there were lots of insects, so we went to hide in the tent. The previous day I met a biologist called Oscar, who was studying macaws here. He said that there would be a boat heading up river to the lodge about 6.30am. We crossed over and got dropped off on the other side, and he zoomed up river with his boatman. We chatted a bit with Julian, who showed us a map of the extensive trail system. He'd spoken on the radio last night with someone at the office in Cusco, but still didn't know anything about us. I told him to try and speak to a guy called Daniel, who was the only person I really knew up there. We set off on the bamboo trail, and then to the grid and saw a few birds. The thing about tropical lowland rainforests is that it's pretty difficult to see too much. Most identification is done by calls, which I wasn't too hot on yet. After the trails, we nipped back to the lodge, and still had an hour left before the boat went back across so I got Julian to show me where the trail to the canopy platform left from. I expected some kind of flimsy wooden frame about 10 metres up, but had a real shock when I saw an iron spiral staircase winding its way up the side of one of the biggest trees I've ever seen. It was a bit hairy climbing up, but once at the top we climbed onto the wooden platform built into the crown of the tree. The name canopy platform was no lie. We were literally in the rainforest canopy, a total different aspect than from below. I figured it might be a good place to scan for raptors soaring over the canopy, but once up there, I realised that it was a perfect place to watch huge canopy flocks of colourful tanagers passing at eye level. It was too late for them now, and we climbed back down. I was looking forward to coming back here in the morning. We went down to the dock on the river to wait for Oscar to come back. The boat with the American ladies came back first, though. They'd been up river to look for macaws at the Claylick. The place we were camping was a little settlement where all the boatmen slept and the boats got refuelled. The guys were all locals from the lowlands and totally different from other Peruvians that I've met. They were tiny for a start and jabbered away in some odd-sounding native language. They were all pretty friendly, though. 
We made some instant noodles for lunch, with the two pale-winged trumpeter birds watching us carefully. Weird birds. They have glossy black bodies with a rainbow sheen on their wings, a big fluffy white butt, and a kind of fluffy round head that makes them look like they've got a buzz cut. Totally fearless when tamed, and they stood around our feet pecking at our shoes waiting for scraps. Alfredo told us that they were both females and they had no male to keep them company. We were almost out of supplies from the food that we bought in Pilcopata. We hoped that the box that we left in Cusco would arrive today, but on recent form it didn't seem very likely. We took the boat across in the morning with Alfredo and headed straight up to the platform. It was absolutely amazing with hordes of birds flying in all directions. I only wish I had a nice big scope to see the stuff further away. There were also some cool little tamarins 40 metres up in the canopy, obviously not as scared of heights as I am. After an hour or so up there, the activity slowed down a bit and we climbed back down to explore a few more of the trails. Back on the other side, we had some lunch and I went off on my own for a few hours on the bamboo trail on the island. I knew it pretty well now and found out it was a big loop. Walking around, I heard a large bird flush from a nearby tree and into the next. I got it in my binoculars and saw it was a huge blackbird with a big red bill and rufous vent. It was a razor-billed curacao, one of the birds I'd been hoping to see. When I got back to camp in the evening, my girlfriend started telling me that a weird animal had come into the camp. It turned out she was talking about a lowland tapir. I couldn't believe she'd seen another cool animal before me. I started to panic a bit and dreaded that I wasn't going to see it at all. It turned out its name was Vanessa and was practically a pet that came into camp to feed on papaya that one of the ladies gave it. It was still there when I got around the back of the building with my camera to get a few shots. We were both pretty wiped out that evening, but our spirits were lifted a little when we found out our supplies had arrived. We'd be able to stay for another few days. We celebrated with marshmallows grilled on my little camp stove. We walked a few different trails the next day, including one right out to the Tapir Clay Lick. These wild cousins of Vanessa's only came out at night though, so we didn't see any. There were a few nice birds at the Clay Lick like cream-coloured woodpecker and red-capped parakeet. The number of new birds I was seeing was definitely dropping off. The information they have seems to change by the day, so all we can do is bird and wait. It was time to be getting back to Cusco. I asked Alfredo again and also Julian about boats, but both still said that there probably wouldn't be any for another week. This was a big problem, as my conference would be finished by then. We didn't have enough food to last us anyway. There was going to be a boat going to the airport tomorrow with some other tourists. From there, it was another 20 minutes to the small town of Bocomanu, and from there there may or may not be boats heading upstream. We had no choice, so we'd have to take a chance. <laughs>